Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Extra Credit, a TransUnion card and banking podcast. This is Josh Turnbull, joined with Craig LaChapelle, and this is a, a special episode here at the end of the year where it is just Craig and me, and we are going to be reflecting on you know, the year that was and thinking through some of the uh, the events that happened, the impact on the markets that we care about, talking a little bit about what we expect to see in the year ahead, and giving a preview of what you should expect as listeners of the podcast in 2024. So thanks for joining us uh, once again, and Craig, we'll turn it over to you. So let's first start with sort of the macro full year view. Let's first start with what occurred from a macro perspective. You know, I think we've really central to that is monetary policy and its impacts. So if we wind the clock back to January, inflation was at six and a half percent coming into the year. You know, throughout the year, interest rates continue to rise as the Fed tried to con combat that. They in have increased uh, 1.5 percent since December 22, with the target between five and a quarter and five and a half percent in in terms of the federal funds rate inflation is now uh, at 3.2 percent much better than the 6.5 at the beginning years but still not at their our target rate well, what did this produce so as a reaction to the fed raising rates mortgage rates uh at one point were well above seven percent they've taken a, a step back now, this has had a significant impact in terms of uh, consumer demand, not only in the mortgage market, but we're seeing impacts in card and personal lending as well in terms of delinquencies. You know, the issuers are also more cautious in origination now with consumer interest rates slash APRs up. Additionally, as is often the case, these uh, rate rises found the weak points in the banking system those regional banks who mismatch their longer-term assets in a rising rate environment with short-term liabilities, meaning you had your assets when mark-to-market when that occurred led to negative equity, which led to a run on deposits both by consumers and businesses in particular, you know, some of the uh, tech lenders who uh, stacked up uh, their deposits in one or two key banks. So what also occurred was it pushed up short-term treasury yields. So what that means is, you know, the market is predicting in the longer terms that the Fed will have to cut the rates uh, and the rates in the future for future terms are below the rates in your terms. That leads to what's called the inverted yield curve, which is often indicates a potential recession. But given all that, GDP grew revised 5.2% in Q3, up from a low at 2% in Q1 and Q2. So what's driving that in a in a increasing rate environment? Is it a productivity increase? Is it layoffs spiking um, in white collar areas or in general? So the you know costs are down and productivity is up. And concurrent with that, Fed is also shrinking its balance sheet, all leading to the money supply shrinking for the first time in 74 years. Now, a shrinking balance sheet, what that means is, is essentially um, they are reducing 
the assets that they held that they bought from the Treasury and others. Now, this shrinking money supply is traditionally, get this, a deflationary sign. So you've got uh, inflation, uh, you know, that's up above the Fed's uh, target rate. They're working on raising their rates, their interest rates, to cut, combat that and shrink lending, shrink spending. In addition, shrinking their balance sheet, again, which is counter uh, a counterproductive force, I would, I guess, to inflation. Given all this, it looks like the Fed appears to be paused, maybe because they need to sort all of these changes as impacts are often lagged. Woo, there's a lot going on there. Um, and, you know, we end the year with many of us, but also many of our customers looking at uh, the market and wondering, you know, how the, the winds will change. Now move off of monetary policy. You know, the return of student lending payments in October with interest resuming in September, that will uh, further uh, impact or stress consumers, you know, as those payments continue to return. Now, if you think about it from a, a black spot, swan or a geopolitical perspective, there's also a lot that went on this year. You know, we've got union agitation, whether it's the, the UAW strike which concluded with the, the big three, but, you know, continues with other manufacturers. You had the uh, the Actors and the Screenwriters Guild strike, which, again, has been settled, but I'm sure there was uh, regional impacts, you know, in clearly in the Southern California, but beyond. We've got the continued Russian occupation of parts of Ukraine, the conflict and the resistance continuing, the ongoing unrest in Gaza. I'm sure there will be more, and I'm sure there's things that I've missed, but a lot of disruptive factors to the uh, to the economy. And of course, we can't forget to mention artificial intelligence. You know that you know clearly has drived a lot of chatter, a lot of investment, and a lot of excitement and concern at the application of AI, not only in financial services but the the, the broader. So let me stop there. That's sort of my pedestrian look back at uh, the year that was um, from a macro perspective. Now, I think, Josh, it probably makes sense to discuss our view of the trends and pressures for bankers and card issuers coming in to 2024. Make sense? Definitely. And I, I did use chat GPT to come up with all the answers to some of these. So we're giving it a, a trial run to see if AI is capable of, of replacing you and me here, Craig. Well, once chat GPT improves its audio delivery, we're in trouble. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, the first trend and pressure that, you know, we, we contend we need to be aware of is, and I've touched on this, economic uncertainty. What's going on? Is this a white collar recession and stress only? Or will it be broader? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a few things, Greg. I think if, if you rewind the clock to the beginning of 2023, um, you know, and many of our listeners know that the, the credit card market is an incredibly predictable business in terms of, of how it flows over the calendar year. You start with balances. Uh, balances 
if you start with second quarter, balances it through a low point, they build, they build, they build, they build even higher as you get towards the holidays. And then people get bonuses or tax refunds or stop spending on holidays and they get paid down over the first quarter. 2023, we've definitely saw the patterns revert to normal seasonal patterns, but a couple of things that were interesting, the balances started at a much higher point than they've been the year before. And when you got to that pay down, that slope down starting in fourth quarter, it was much shallower. So we knew at the beginning of the year from, from the data that you and I see, as well as uh, sources at the Fed and other places that consumers were relying more heavily on revolving credit than they had done um, in recent history to, to make ends meet. Balances on credit cards have continued to grow. We're approaching, or you know, who knows? Maybe this week we we topped a trillion dollars for the first time ever, which is which is um, you know, depending on how you look at it, uh, great or um, something to watch. Um, but the pace of that growth has slowed a bit. So while we still saw double digit growth in balances throughout the course of the year. Uh, starting in probably July, August, I think it was, we started to see the, the pace of growth decelerate, indicating that consumers are, are maybe pulling back a bit and have been since that late summer period. Um, the last, last point I'll make here is we've also seen a little bit of a pulling back in originations. Um, so when you look at the total number of plastics issued in 23, uh, you don't see that strong, you don't see the continued growth that we've seen from, from 20 to 21 to 22. Uh, but just for context, second quarter 23 originations still higher than second quarter 2019. So um, moderated a bit from, from the past couple of years, but still higher than pre-pandemic levels. Super Prime uh, at an all-time high. We've never seen more cards issued to Super Prime consumers. So it's it's kind of a mixed bag. So Josh, you know, sticking with you know, a key trend or uh, pressure, economic yep. uncertainty as part of that, you know, which segments do we see um, our customers leaning on for acquisition? Or said another way, where do we see them applying scarce marketing and or tech dollars? Yeah, no good question, Craig. So you hit on some of the the pressures that our customers face in terms of, of the rate environment. Uh, money's not nearly as cheap as it was a year ago. So one of the places that we definitely see people focusing is uh, being smarter in who they're marketing to. So if I'm if I'm hitting the the street with balance transfer offers or rich rewards offers or things, uh, I you know I was willing to tolerate a certain number of gamers or, or people that were just going for the um, you know the balance transfer and then they move on in years past. In environments now where where that's costing me money to make those offers like i i want to minimize that so definitely seeing people really focus on profitability uh more than they have over the past couple of years on top of needing to make smart risk decisions given some uh residual uncertainty in the market and and for again the points that you made certain segments of consumers be they students uh recent graduates be they others where where there's some underlying stress well building on that josh what which segments require greater support in in navigating stress? And are we starting to see some early signs of that in the numbers? Yeah, great question, Craig. So from a number standpoint, I think here's here's an encouraging bit of news. We When we forecasted where we thought the year would end from a delinquency standpoint last year, we thought it would end around 2.6% uh, of the overall consumer population having a, a serious delinquency. That 
rise in delinquencies, uh, particularly in the last couple of months, has slowed just a bit. And so we think we're on pace to end the year just a little shy of that, which is which is great. Um, but to get to your question, where are there pockets where where there's some uh, you may need some additional attention? The growth in the balances, the growth in originations, that's coming from Gen Z. That's coming from increasingly millennials. Uh, millennials, this is a new experience. Uh, COVID was certainly unsettling, uh, but frankly, most people weathered that pretty well financially. So this is this is the first time that many millennial consumers will have experienced any kind of economic uh, downturn, uncertainty, unemployment type situations. Uh, that's an area where I would focus as a as an issuer. Um, yeah, and, and we're definitely seeing the investment in how lenders are using data to get on top of account management practices. And and frankly, um, you know, when you're looking at the results, you can tell you kind know, of who's who's made the investment of time and um it's, it's thinking in how they how they use data to stay on top of it so another key macro trend we're seeing that our customers need to continue to deal with because it's really not new and that is the continued shift towards digital acquisition and service on their own channels or on partner channels you know as gen z consider con continues the mobile preference uh, trends that really uh, the millennials and to some extent Gen X started. So underneath all of that, there are multiple considerations in digitization omnichannel for our customers. Let's first start with fraud. Fraud's back. A lot of people have seen that. Uh, they think that that is going to be something on which our customers, on which which TU are increasingly focused in the year ahead. Um, one thing that, that is important for the industry, our listeners to understand here that I want to show charge offs. So not specifically talking about fraud right now, but credit card charge offs are higher than they've ever been from a unit standpoint, not from a dollar loss standpoint, but the number of units charging off higher than they've ever been, which is clearly an issue. If you're sitting in an issue or in something that you want to manage, when you look at those what's charging off and do some analysis. We've done some analysis recently, and there's been a 75% increase in the dollars lost due to early defaults on cards. So people uh, getting a card with you with no intention of paying that thing off or uh, you know paying it for a couple of months and then and ramping up a big balance and disappearing. That is That has gone up um, in a large way. And we're seeing that hit the charge off line and issuers books right now. So, so clearly something that's not being detected up front. And we're, we're really encouraging people to look at um, that as they try and manage their, uh, their losses, as well as all the the things that have always been in play from an application fraud and uh, just securing the account standpoint. Great. Uh, other considerations that we see our customers contending with are, you know, control of their intellectual uh, property and strategies when working with partners, um, increasingly we see customers are guarded in sharing uh, with partners and other folks in, the, in their ecosystem, you know, as a means of protecting their IP. Yep. Um, another consideration is how to deploy AI or automation in general. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Craig, I think if, if folks want to understand AI, I would encourage them to go back and listen to the interview that we did with Melissa Coity, who I think it was early, early summer. She was our guest. Um, there's so much potential there. Uh, there's so much hype there. Uh, you and I, I think, every, daily see uh, you know firms that are out there kind of with the, the AI banner. We have customers asking us what we're doing from an AI strategy. Um, at the same time, you know, we know that um, this is an area, particularly when it comes to what I would call consumer impact decisions like a risk approval or, or those types of things where um, there's so much regulatory uncertainty or, or skepticism or, or questioning. Um, we're far from, from a place where that's, that's a mainstream thing to be adopted. So there's, there's a ton of potential. You know, this, I, my prediction would be this would be kind of another wait and see year. Uh, but certainly a lot of a lot of buzz out there. Um, this is an area, you know, as, as you know, we're TransUnion for for years. We've had the ability to build and we have built AI models um, in multiple use cases. But um, just, you know, we don't see the demand yet from a, a customer standpoint for true machine learning AI models in, in risk applications. Uh, you, you mentioned automation, too. I think this is an area where... Um, We've seen customers make some investment in, in time, in resource over this past year. Uh, you know, some of our community financial institution customers, credit unions, regional banks, they've not been doing as much lending, Craig, and, and for some of the, the liquidity issues that you hit on or interest rate issues. But I think thinking about the interview we did with Kaylin and Michael, uh, which was in, that was at our summit, I guess, in, in um, when was that, May? And you know, those are the types of institutions that have done the hard work now. Uh, they've done it maybe in years where they're not lending as much, and I think they're going to come out swinging um, as as loan growth takes off in 2024. Another key trend is in this area of capital markets. So specifically, funding of, of business models for, uh, I'll call it either the fintechs or emerging emerging payment types. With funding more expensive or, or scarce, it's further driving up consumer rates and scrutiny to the affordability and, and effectiveness. So how do you see our customers reacting to this force, I'll say? So one, Craig, as you know, the, the customer landscape, it's definitely made things more challenging for, uh, for non-bank issuers. A couple of years ago, a year ago, we were having conversations with uh, with VC funded or other other sources of, of private funding firms who were um, working with banks to get into the credit card issuing space with very interesting and compelling uh, business models. Uh, they're not there anymore, right? That that those a few of those never got off the ground given the the changing rate environment and so what's happening in capital markets. Um, but we're definitely seeing the pressures there. And I think it's it's causing folks, particularly the non-depository card programs to rethink um, or kind of recalibrate their uh, their business models or or where they want to play longer term. The other area in, in capital markets, and I've hit on this a, a couple of times, is you know, the continued growth of point of sale or buy now, pay later lending. And I know we've seen more recent growth and you know the recent uh, Black Friday numbers is in this environment. 
are revenue and funding models going to need to evolve and buy now, pay later to support achievement of profit? feel like that's coming and we'll see how our customers react to that. All right, the last key trend and this one is almost always there and that's regulatory uncertainty. Federal agencies and states continue to increase regulations expanding oversight beyond fair lending to information security and data privacy. Uh, you know, a couple of things I would hit on there, Craig, um, kind of building on your your last question on the capital markets and some of the, the non-depository players. David Shipper brought this point up in a March episode of the podcast, looking at the regulatory burden to the depositories working with some of the fintech providers of, of credit cards or frankly any kind of, of financial service um that's still in the headlines that's still progressing i think that is going to make uh operating a little more complex maybe in the year ahead for some of those depositories who who are working with the the non-bank providers the other trend from a regulatory standpoint you could classify this maybe as less uncertainty craig but you hear, I hear, we hear from customers time and again, and, and this absolutely guides us at TransUnion, this this idea of no failure operations and just um, you know holding ourselves, our customers holding up us to a, a very, very high standard. And increasingly, that's something that the regulators are looking for um, in all of the areas of operations, you know, what you hit on and, and others. So um, less maybe uncertainty than in past years, but certainly a, an area of focus, uh, both for TransUnion and for our customers in the year ahead. Great. So if we you know, think about those four um, you know, macro trends, economic uncertainty, digitization, omni-channel, capital markets, regulatory uncertainty, mm -hmm. really interested to see how 2024 evolves and to see if we knew what we were talking about at the end of the year in December this time next year. So thinking through all that, let's let's go back. If we're doing a retrospective on 2023, let's reflect on what did we touch on in the podcast, and you know, did we hit the mark in addressing you know some of these uh, trends that were emerging throughout the year? I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, we we hit on the impacts of tech where we had ID and our uh, IT, excuse me, and our CIO on. We had Finreg Lab on. You mentioned uh, Melissa about technology and financial inclusion. We uh, addressed economic uncertainty. We had a LinkedIn Live version on score migration impacts and the increase in the bad odds in recent vintages. We had a, a joint, I guess, podcast episode with Financial Brad, Brand where we talked about macro trends and current challenges. We also covered community banking challenges we had uh, Satyan Merchant on, our head of the auto line of business at TransUnion, where he shared his perspective and our perspective on the market and the UAW strike. And we filmed that uh, while that was still underway and not concluded. As always, we touched on regulation, at least the TU perspective on regulation. And then most recently, we had a customer on, uh, Mike Leary, where he shared his thoughts on navigating economic uncertainty and the key skills uh, that he relies on to be successful in this environment. So we did cover a fair amount throughout 2023. We did leave 
20 unaddressed. Uh, be interested to discuss or prioritize the topics for 2024. Josh, you want to take a crack at that? Yeah, Craig, just to, to preview kind of for, for listeners, what's on our mind as we go into 2024. Uh, and before we do that, really invite anyone listening to this. Uh, we, we like the email that we've received over the course of the year. It helps us understand what you value. Uh, certainly encourage you to email us at extra credit at transunion.com with ideas on content or what you what you like, what you would like to see different uh, with this podcast. But Craig, we'll be back in January. January will be a review of what we saw in fourth quarter in the full year from a performance standpoint, and then looking forward to some of our, our other 2024 topics. Uh, Paul will be back as he has been the past two years to look at the year ahead, share the forecast that uh, I have to say was incredibly accurate this year. And and we will look at what the forecast says for next year and other predictions. I think there's some interesting conversation to be had around profitability within portfolios, the impact of gamers on those things, what people are doing about it, uh, on fraud. Uh, and then Craig, we some of the the input that we've received from listeners has been asking us to go a little deeper on the numbers that we're seeing throughout the year in terms of portfolio performance what consumer credit health looks like and so as we go into 2024 every three months so starting in april and then uh whatever three months after that is july i suppose um, you and i will be on without a guest to just really kind of walk through uh hopefully in a an engaging way what we saw in the last not have anything to do with no no and and same here but you know it's nice to it's a good goal yeah. um so that's that's the plan ahead and again uh, ask anyone that's out there listening to us to share your thoughts let us know what you like let us know what you'd like to hear more of at extra credit at transunion.com and with that craig i think we're ready to sign off for the year yep hope everyone enjoys the holidays see you in 2024